like I said, in 08, that was a huge lesson for me. I didn't react quick enough. This time, I feel like we did. I, I feel like we did pretty good. We transitioned, we pivoted, we, we got desperate, you know, there's no safety net. We were talking about that. It's like, you know, there's nothing that's gonna bail us out. We have to find ways to get the business. There's a place in Southern Oregon filled with gorgeous natural beauty, friendly yet independent people, and a mild, comfortable climate. That place is called Grants Pass. These are the stories of the people that live and work in Josephine County. These are the movers and shakers that make this place the best. This is Grants Pass VIP. Lowell Gibson is the president of Nice Badge, a fifth-generation Southern Oregonian and missionary kid who was raised in Japan for 14 years. He's been the chair of BR&E, the VP of the Gospel Rescue Mission Foundation Board, and the treasurer of the So Ready Board. He loves Southern Oregon, his community, golfing, riding his Harley, fly fishing, and floating on the Rogue. He's extremely pro-business, and I'm happy to have him on the show today. Lowell Gibson, welcome to Grants Pass VIP. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, Lowell, who are you, and where would our audience know you from? Uh, I don't think I've been on the uh, the wanted posters in the post office lately, so that's good. You know, I bought the business here in 2000. Um, I was born here, then I raised in Japan, came back for a while, left to go to college. Uh, finally came back in 2000, bought the business, and I've been here since. I think the community that it is, we all get to know each other in different circles. Uh, within the business community, I've been involved with the chamber, um, with a lot of pro-business and economic development organizations. Of course, Rotary and a few other places like that. So why Grants Pass, of all the places in the world, why move back here 20 years ago? <laughs> the simple answer is I like Grants Pass. It's my hometown. Uh, it's a good place to raise a family. Uh, when you, I was up in Salem area and just the weather up there is a little bit gray it may not necessarily rain but you know down here it's either going to rain on you or the sun shines out and i kind of like that uh, and like i said it was a great place to raise my kids and it's a small community so you get to know a lot of people and you know there's a lot of good in that tell me a little bit about why you bought this business yeah i used to be in the restaurant business i owned a restaurant and heating cooling i sold insurance for a while um, this business was owned by my mom. She had bought it in 85 and by 2000 she had you know, grown it to a business that was, uh, had about 13 employees and she was wanting to retire. I was looking for something different to do at the time. Uh, she said, hey, why don't you come take a look at it, see if it's something you'd like. So I did and of course moving back to Grants Pass really appealed to me. So I bought the business moved my family back down here and my mom retired and here it is, you know, 20 years later, I'm still here. So. so you've been doing this for 20 years. Is this an industry or a position that you would recommend to others? Ah, wow. So when I bought the business, it was much smaller than the company was. And we're, we make name badges. It's a bulk of our business, but we do other things like promotional products and signage and sandblasting. There is definitely uh, a lot of that being done around the country <clears throat> with the internet we were able to start uh, selling nationally a little bit easier uh, with our website and you know using seo 
to grow it, you have to have a lot of customers because what we're selling is smaller items. So we have over 40,000 business customers across the country. And it takes that many just to do the volume we do and keep 27 people employed. It's doable. I think the hardest part is to grow it. It's from nothing to, like my mom, you know, she took it from nothing. You know, one employee, a part-time employee to 16 employees. You know, that was probably the hardest part of the company, that initial growth phase. For me, it was taking it from that point and expanding it and finding ways to market on a national level. I always think it was a little easier. You know, she says, you know, that would have been hard for her to do. So it's probably just whatever our strengths are. But it's a good industry. It's a tiny little industry as far as uh, the national landscape goes. But, um, and there's a lot of mom pa uh, engravers across the country. Last I knew, there was over 5,000 within our industry um, organization. There's probably more than that. So it's just not too many make it to, I'm not saying we're large, but make it to even our size. And so it is a very small, little antiquated industry. Would you recommend it to others? It depends on what you want. If you want, uh, if you want a job where you can, you know, work out of your your house or garage and just you and maybe your your significant other, and you can probably make a, a living at it. If you want to grow it into a larger company with employees, um, it takes a lot of marketing. And I know that's your strength, but it takes a lot of marketing to to sell engraved products on a national level you can saturate your community especially in a small community like ours rather quickly but you need more to, to grow and so for us we had to go national you know and a little bit international but mostly mostly national and marketing has been the toughest part of that so if you're willing to put the time in and grow at a you know we grew at a 20 some percent growth rate for um, most of the last 20 years and but it was a lot of work to to pick up customers across the country before we started recording you were giving me a tour of the facilities here i was wondering if you can go over a little bit how covid 19 has affected you and your business and everything else that's been happening this year yeah you know i've been self-employed 31 years and I thought I saw it all, you know, I thought I'd seen the 08, you know, was, uh, different years I remember, you know, being really hard. And uh, this happened and it was like nothing any of us in business had ever seen before. I feel like I was ready this time in 08. I feel like I didn't quite catch on quick enough. This time I felt like I was ready. We quickly adapted as much as we could. Um, our national business and name badges dropped by 40, 50%. And we typically do about 5,000 badges a day. So that's a, a big drop for us. So we started making uh, partitions, you know, sneeze guards or partitions for banks and restaurants and coffee stands and something we easily can do. We have the equipment here. We make it in-house. The turnaround time is good. My, my staff did amazing at uh, transitioning from what they normally did to, to some of this other stuff. Thank goodness for that. So instead of being down 40, 50%, um, April, May, we were down about 8%. Uh, last month, uh, we were up. Uh, so it was just a matter of doing whatever it takes to keep everybody employed, keep the doors open, and keeping our customers happy. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what's your top selling product? Uh, now or, or prior to this? Uh, <laughs> uh, name badges. 80% of what we sell has been name badges uh, through February to March. Right now, I think name badges is still a top seller. We, we do a lot of grocery chains, all the Albertsons. I think they have uh, 300,000 employees, uh, 20 different logos, you know, Safeway, Bonds, others. So we have a lot of bank chains, like a lot of customers. So name badges is still our, proportionally speaking, our biggest seller. But the last three months, the partitions, we've sold thousands of these partitions. And that's probably um, been about 30-some percent, 36% of our business. So it's not our biggest seller, but man, it sure has helped us fill that gap on yeah. the name badges. We also do, you know, wards, uh, signage, sandblasting, you know, a lot of promotional products, just different things. But the go-to has always been name badges. Okay, let's take a break from that conversation. I wanted to bring up a question for you. During these crazy times, do you feel like your business is indestructible? Most people don't. And if not, the real question is why? And what can you do to make it as indestructible as possible? Well, that's the basis of my new book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Let me talk about what we discuss in the first chapter, determine focus. So one of the main ways that you can Amazon proof your business is by determining the focus of your business. And the real problem isn't that you're not doing enough. The real problem is, is that you may be doing too many things in too many places. So one of the things I suggest is decide whether your focus is going to be acquisition, ascension, or monetization. And I go into the details of what that means in this chapter. It's really the only three ways that you can grow your business. And if you just do that one step of determining focus, you can have a huge change in your entire business. But I also have eight other ways to Amazon proof your business. Basically the idea of making it competition proof to even someone as big as amazon.com. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of my book, go to amazonproofbook.com. Sign up and you will get a free copy and get the chance to purchase a physical copy of it for a special price. In addition to that, if you happen to be in the Josephine County area or nearby and you're looking to have a speaker come and discuss these type of issues with your organization, club, or group of friends, then I have a limited calendar that I may be able to fit you into. Go check out brianjpombo.com slash speaking and fill out the application. We'll be sure and get back to you on that. And now let's get back to our show. What are you most excited about in, say, the next six months or so? Uh, you know, like all of, all the other businesses out there and probably the community, you know, we'd like to know what's going to happen. You know, what is normal or the new normal or whatever you want to call it, what does that look like? From a business standpoint, we look at our numbers. I look at my numbers daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. You're comparing it with last year. You're comparing it with your peers. You're... And that's how you project, that's how you determine what your needs are, where your spending is. And then this happened and everything went out the window. There's no norm, at least there hasn't been, or the new norm. I like numbers and charts, it makes it really difficult. There's an asterisk on everything for the past four months. See, I would love to see some resemblance of, I don't even need consistency. I just would like to have the ability to project. Tell me what's going to happen. Are we, you know, are we going to open? Are we not going to open? I just need to know what to expect so I can plan accordingly. And 
I know that people might say I'm a bit of a control freak because I like to plan so much, but it just makes it a lot easier to do my business if I know what's going to happen. If there's going to be a, you know, another outbreak or a phase two or whatever, just tell me so I can, you know, plan accordingly. But obviously nobody probably really knows. I bet that pretty much comes with the position. You got to kind of be a little bit of a control freak. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's true. If we were talking like a year from now, yeah. and if we were to guess and just try to project and you were to look back over the last 12 months, what would have had to have happened for you to feel happy with the progress concerning your life and your business? I've been really apprehensive since March. Uh, rightly so, I should be. You know, every day, I mean, like uh, the news, you know, we're, we're my friends, you know, in business, we're watching the news. Something would happen, the governor would say something, I'd get like five texts, you know, from friends of mine. So we've been constantly monitoring, um, you know, the state of the state and the country. Moving forward, I am pleased, and I don't want to sound too optimistic because I know it's where, who knows what the rest of the year, the second half holds, but I'm pleased with how the company and myself and all of us got through uh, the last, you know, four months, three and a half months. And sure, there's things that we could have done better, but, but I'm very happy with what my staff and I did. Like I said, in 08, that was a huge lesson for me. I didn't react quick enough. This time, I feel like we did. I, I feel like we did pretty good. We transitioned, we pivoted, we, we got desperate. You know, there's no safety net. We we're talking about that. It's like, you know, there's nothing that's going to bail us out. We have to find ways to get the business. And I just told my staff at a meeting the other day, I said, you know, I don't want to get too confident, but we did pretty darn good for this last little phase. We still have the rest of the year to worry about. But uh, so quick answer is um, we will continue to pivot and change and adapt for the rest of the year. And then we'll see what next year holds. Do you have any obstacles you view in the next 12 months other than uh, the, all the situations surrounding COVID? We talk a lot about that in the business community about hiring. I just hired two people. Um, they're doing great, so I'm happy about that. But a lot of my friends are having trouble hiring. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting times for all of the reasons that we know. Um, I worry a little bit about that. Uh, we, we tend to keep people. We don't have much of a turnover, so it's not as big of an issue for me. Supplies have been great. We haven't had too many issues with that, so no concerns there. Um, most businesses, we all worry about access to funds, if we have to build or I'm not too worried about that. We're in a pretty good position with our building and all, um, equipment, obstacles, just the unknown. You know, I keep going back to that. No, nothing that really scares me or worries me too much. Is there anything on a local level that you'd like to see happen soon? political or otherwise that you'd like to see occur? Because it is my community. I care a lot about what happens in our community. As you mentioned, I'm very pro-business. So I've always um, worked with the Chamber of Commerce and other pro-business organizations. Uh, I will do whatever I can to help businesses in the community, uh, which is why I chair the business retention and expansion, which we're there to help businesses. You hear a lot. A lot of the businesses talk about their concerns. Sometimes it has to do with the city, the county, or the state, you know, regulations or processes. And I'm an advocate for the businesses. So when I talk to the folks in the public sector, I'm always very clear, and they're probably tired of me talking about it, but 
they just have to remember that the backbone of any community in ours is the business, the small businesses. Because of us, there's jobs, there's taxes, people are you know, buying houses, paying property taxes, paying their income taxes, and that's how we fund the public sector. And I know probably everybody knows that, but I like to just remind everybody that we have to be pro-business as a community. Uh, we have to make sure that the businesses in this region will flourish. We have to be profitable. So whatever the community does, um, like I said, it's just my soapbox. I just want to remind them that make sure that you know you do things that you know you, you vote in uh, you know, laws or uh, you know pass you know even levies. You know, just always keep in mind the businesses are affected, and if the businesses don't do well in our community, we as a community, all the good things we enjoy, you know, the parks and everything else, um, I think it suffers. So that's. Like I said, a broken record, but that's my take. No, absolutely. I think that's great. So are there any other questions that I didn't ask that you'd like to answer? Sometimes you get a chance to speak to different groups. Lately, I've been saying business is simple, and I know it's not. I know it's very complicated, and there's thousands of things you have to decide. But overall, it's it's simple. You know, I tell my people here that our big boundaries are you know, legal, ethical, and moral. Whatever we do... It's going to fit within that. Within that, there's a lot of you know gray areas, but you you have to know as a business what your core values are. You know, if people say, "Oh, I heard about them," well, what did they hear? Was it you know it's a terrible place to work, or uh, yeah, they rip people off, or you know, you have to know who you are as a business. And I know that businesses are made up of people, myself and my staff, and that should come out to your customers. So. Um, the other thing is to run a business, I always tell some of the up and coming ones, whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes to get business you do uh, within the legal, ethical, moral boundaries, of course, uh, but don't sit there and wait for the you know, business to come to you. You know, if you have to go out and get it, if you have to walk the streets, I always worry about not being hungry in business, right? Because there's been times where I've been really hungry. You know, I need business. I need to pay my bills. And I would do anything to get business. And then sometimes it gets a little easier. And I find myself a little bit lax. I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm not hungry. And I encourage other businesses, don't sit around and wait for people to come to you. And if you have to go door to door, you know, drum up business. And at the end of each day, myself, my managers, we ask ourselves, okay, what did we accomplish today? What did we do today? You know, was it just a lot of busy work or did we actually do something over and above that to help our business grow? If we don't grow, we die, right? You have to grow. So whatever it takes. And I know it's a simple concept. Maybe it's a little old school, but it is something that uh, I always feel like I have to remind myself and my people here. We'll do whatever it takes to take care of our customers, take care of my employees and try to grow the business. Great. Fabulous. Well, what could any of our listeners do if they want to find out more about you and Nice Badge? Yeah. Um, website, nicebadge.com. Why? Because we make a lot of nice badges. Our company, the corporate name is Recognition Specialties. A lot of people locally still know us by that name. I started using Nice Badge uh, maybe less than 10 years ago because nationally we're known by that. And our website is nicebadge.com. Um, you can call us anytime at 541-476-3166. 
or we're here on uh, 1710 Harbeck. So uh, we've been here for a long time. You can come by and I'm sure my amazing staff will be happy to help in any way. All right, Lowell Gibson, thanks so much for being part of Grants Pass VIP. Thank you, my pleasure. Lowell Gibson, what a great time I had hanging out with him and getting to meet his staff. So when I first showed up there at Nice Badge, I'd never met Lowell, but I happened to know Nancy who was behind the front desk and she was very warm and helpful. And as soon as Lowell came out, he introduced me to everyone else that worked there, or at least that was there at the time. Everyone was really easygoing and very nice, very kind, overall warm reception. Another thing about Lowell I appreciate is his ingenuity. It's clear that he's been able to survive through the ups and downs of the economy. Here we are in 2020, and he's been able to get through the COVID-19 situation by actually providing these guards and other things that can help people when it comes to the disease. And it's something that's in demand, and he rose to the occasion to provide something that the market wanted, which was really neat. Another thing about Lowell that was very clear is he's very passionate about doing his job and the fact that he knows what he's good at and what he isn't good at and he hires out what he isn't good at. That's just very commendable that he has that type of passion and oftentimes when people get to the top and they're doing really well, they kind of put on the brakes and kind of relax. It's neat to see that Lowell still has his head in the game and he keeps in contact with other people in the community and has been a resource to a lot of people. And the coolest thing is he's been able to connect me with a lot of people that I don't know in the community. We'll be having more and more people that I haven't met before and maybe you haven't met that you'll get to meet via this podcast. So be sure and stay tuned for the next episode. And if you know anyone that you think would be a good guest for our show, even if that person's you, go to grantspassvip.com and drop me a line. Join us again on the next Grants Pass VIP, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com. Helping movers and shakers in Southern Oregon and beyond stand out. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest or a sponsor on Grants Pass VIP, go to grantspassvip.com forward slash contact. Guests who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse the opinions of the host or sponsors. The theme music is Fun Shot by Kevin McLeod. Our host is a Grants Pass resident and business strategist, Brian Pombo. I'm executive producer, Shawnee Douglas. Until next time, live rogue and have fun.